Hello and welcome to Your Sales MBA, the podcast where your hosts, sales experts Jeff Hoffman and Cece Aparo, answer your most challenging sales and management questions. Let's dive on into this week's episode topic. When it comes to getting a deal done, champions are key. But how do you know who your champion is and if you even have the right one? Jeff and Cece give you the tools you need to identify your champion, how to close the right champion, and how to get what you really need from them. We'll show you how to navigate org charts and find the right advocate on this week's episode of Your Sales MBA. This is Your Sales MBA. And I'm Cece Aparo. And I'm Jeff Hoffman. And we're here to answer all your sales questions. and or give at least you, one of them. Uh, well, just one today. We have a email here from Scott. We and don't screw around. We jump right in. We jump right in. I don't even, lo- you know, there's no reason to do that. Can we spend 30 seconds talking about this podcast? Okay, yeah. You want to tell everyone what it's all about? Well, I think they know what it's about because you can hear Actually, what it's about. But that's, we, Okay. I'll tell you what I like about this. I, I like quick hits. Mm. Little nuggets. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the train to work. You know, I'm on the Stairmaster thing. I'm doing stuff. I don't know anyone who's been on Stairmaster since like 99. I'm an old okay. man. I'm yeah. an old man. Yeah. My references are from the 90s and 80s. But yeah, I mean, I don't like long, long sales, you know, uh, the trainings, podcasts, books. I, just give me the good stuff. Just give me a couple of nuggets. Like, I know how to sell. Give me a few nuggets and I'll use them. Uh, so that's kind of the point here. We kind of limit the, each podcast to one question and we'll riff on that a little bit. And that way, you know, don't feel compelled to hear all these podcasts. If you don't care about tire kickers, don't listen to the tire kicker podcast. If you do care about the psychology of negotiation, listen to that podcast. I mean, they're not meant to be heard in order. They're not meant to be heard in any kind of sequence. Or it just, it's just, think of it as a library or encyclopedia sales nuggets that you can grab them, whatever you like. But if there's a question you're dying to be answered, I'm telling you, send it to us. We don't get that many emails. <laughs> I mean, I, we, we'll probably get to your question. So, so absolutely. So uh, uh, I'm psyched to, to do another one. I can't wait to hear what we got. Okay. So one is from Scott. Scotty boy. All right, Scott. All right. He writes, Our team has been focusing lately on building relationships with champions at target accounts. We are a traditional enterprise sales team with a long sales cycle and large deal sizes, so having someone on the inside is always helpful. That said, I'm having a hard time knowing if someone is truly my champion or if they're just being nice. And if they are my champion, how do I know if they have the influence internally to get the deal done? Any insight you can provide would be greatly appreciated. Oh, uh, yeah, my pleasure, Scott. I'm excited to answer the question because I really liked how you ended that. Where if I, let me take a look at that, where you said, how do I know they have the influence internally to get the deal done? Thank you for making that qualification. Because I one of the challenges so many of us have with champions is we're poor at defining what they are. Generally, we throw the round, around the word so much, it's kind of lost its meaning. And now when we say to our boss or to our or to others, I've got a meeting with my champion, or my champion told me this, or uh, my champion's going to help, blah, 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 that that champion moniker is one that we kind of throw at anyone who's really our primary point of contact. We have someone that we're currently working with that seems kind of nice and decent. We wind up calling them our champion. They're not your champion. You just listed, uh, Scott, one of the qualifications that you have. I share it with you, having the influence internal to get it done. But let's expand on that a little bit. Let's first talk about what I think champions really are. Champions are champions independent of us. When we use expressions like build a champion, groom a champion, you're missing what champions are. Mm. Champions already were champions. You're, you're finding them. You're not trying to inspire 
and create one. To think that you could actually create this individual is, 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 is kind of ludicrous because the champion for us, at least here uh, with us and our company, we're very specific on how we name a champion. First, champions do have to have influence internally. So the way I define it is always the same. Champions have to have a history of getting what they want. I'll say that again. Champions have to have a history of getting what they want. I can't remember the last sales call I had where I didn't at some point ask this question of anyone. I like to focus at some point on discovery calls, asking questions about their buying history, because I find when you ask people about their buying history, you learn a lot more than saying, what's your budget, which you can get a lot of nonsense for. So if I say to a prospect, you know, what's your buying history? And they tell me, oh, you know, some well, I buy this or I buy that. Inevitably, if there are, especially if there's power independent of this buyer, I'll say a question like, have you ever made a recommendation to your boss and they agreed with you and bought the product? And they'll say yes or yeah. Or the opposite, have you ever made a recommendation to your boss and they said no? Like, I'm going to ask a lot of questions about your buying history because champions tend to get what they want. They figure out how to get what they want in their own company because so much of buying has to do with the operational part of buying. So there's that There's that issue. The second thing, uh, so you, you want to have them a history of getting what they want. The second thing I'm looking for in a potential champion, are they rule breakers? I want to mean by that. A rule breaker is someone who leapfrogs four deals in a procurement queue to get your deal looked at by the end of the month. The protocol is they come in first come, first serve, but this champion is breaking an internal rule and applying some influence to have your contract looked at first. That's a rule breaker. And we like rule breakers. Champions have to be them because ultimately identifying a champion is fairly boring, but closing the champion is pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. And this is what it sounds like. CC, will you be my champion? Oh, and before you answer, let me tell you what I'm asking you to sign up for. Will you Work as hard at your company to find a home for this service as I'm about to work at my company to get you the best possible terms and conditions. And if you get stuck in your journey, will you unstick it for us? That's what I'll ask. Now, as you're sitting here listening to that thinking, boy, that sounds kind of salesy. It is salesy. You think I'm going to say that at the first call, CC? I'm going to ask somebody? Nope. No, I would have had to have already seen evidence of buying history and risk-taking, or at least rule-breaking. And if I've seen that, I might close for champion. Where am I closing for champion? Much, much later in the process than probably most. I believe that a champion close is post-proof of concept, post-trial, post-demo. Put it another way, the most common place that I'm going to ask someone to be my champion the way I asked Cece just now would be if I had evidence of a buying history, evidence of them getting what they want, evidence of them being a rule breaker, and I've already closed for the very important close of the technical or product win. I have gotten the prospect to say, this is the best solution I've seen so far. It doesn't mean they're going to buy. They can say that caveat, but you're too expensive. That's fine. But I need what we used to call the technical win before I can now go to champion closes. But that's how I'm going to marshal this out. 
So we want to make sure we have good definitions of what champions even are. If you don't know what a champion is, how can you ask someone to be one? I'd argue it's someone who's got a buying history and a long track record of getting what they want and a rule breaker, but you could have your own definition. That's cool. But if you have a definition, you should know what it is. Think about these concepts I've just said and make the champion a formal part of your closing sequence after you close for product or technical win. And one last thought as well on champions for Scott and everyone else who, who's anxious to start to work with champions. We don't find a champion in every opportunity. But you do close every opportunity that you find one in. So they're pretty damn important. But remember this, Scott. If you have a champion, and if they actually say the yeses to the questions I just asked, don't be running to Disneyland yet. (laughs) If you have a champion, then the competitor has a champion too. And that competitor could be status quo. The bigger your champion, the bigger the battle they're going to fight. So one of the most important elements in having a champion is helping you identify the person who's going to veto this deal and strategizing on how we're going to limit that veto power. So, Jesus, I love talking about champions, and I'm so glad. I think, you know what, I, I would love to get more questions on this because I think we don't talk enough about the role of champions and how to, how to work with them as salespeople. We don't. And I think that the four steps that you've laid out to helping to identify a champion, ask them about their buying history, ask them to be your champion, and then leverage them to figure out who the competitor is inside that account. That's just gold here. So, uh, Scott, we hope that this was helpful. Jeff, you know, I'm going to ask it. So before we let everyone go, what's one thing that people should do right now that's going to impact their sales? All right, here's, since we're talking about champions, let's act like champions. All right. If you want, you have a beautiful garden, you have to prune. I knew you were going to say Did that. you really? I really did. I, I was <laughs> just going to say, I know exactly what he's going to say. Okay, go. You want to make some extra money this year, everybody listening? Go back to your desk when you get into the office today and look at your three, oh, screw it, one, your lowest producing customer or most difficult low-producing customer and either break up with them or give the account to another rep and do it this morning. Take your worst, most unpleasant relationship and give it to someone else. And yes, you're giving commissions away, but start to make the equation that not every dollar is the same dollar. I like to like my work. And what happens when you prune away a dying branch, a new branch will grow in its place. How about that? Well, that was some, that was something deep. For Allie likes it. You like that, Allie? On a Thursday, that was. Wait, wait, wait. What did you say? That was a great tip. You like that tip. Okay. That's a thumb up. You said you liked it too? Well, I just said it's deep for 2.30 on a Thursday, but I like Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. All right. All right. Well, oh. thanks everyone Dropping the mic. Dropping and, uh, the mic. Happy selling. Happy selling. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Your Sales MBA. If you have sales or management questions, feel free to send them to podcast at sellhoffman.com. That's podcast at S-E-L-L-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.com. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps boost us in the ratings so other reps like you can find us. Until next time, happy selling. Mm-hmm.